Do you realize that the business of sports has changed really the competition? You look at these superstars now on these different teams. In the 80s and the 70s, the Oakland Raiders hated the Bears, and the Bears hated the Oakland Raiders. And whenever they played, no matter how many people you thought liked each other, they were out there to kill each other. It wasn't about the money. It was about the vengeance, the fame, and really putting your name out there as a Hall of Famer. Now it's not even about the Hall of Fame. It's about what endorsements you're going to get, what brands you're going to work with going forward as a professional athlete. Are you going to work with Reebok, Nike, Adidas, Puma, whatever organization you want to work with that's going to give you a product that you're going to be able to sell and make money off of. And if you look at the contracts that some of these players are getting now, it's outrageous. You got Chris Paul right now entering his 15th NBA season, and this guy's making $42 million a year. When you look at Patrick Ewing, how about this? Michael Jordan, the most Michael Jordan ever made in a year, I think it was like $20 million, $19 million. You look at business in sports, it's taken over really the competitive fashion of what sports really should be. These guys are now all about getting that extension, that money, that big contract, that they're going to get their 160, 170 million. I'm talking about baseball players. And then they don't have to play anymore. They get their contract like Jacoby Ellsbury from the New York Yankees, and he decides, I don't need to play anymore. I got that contract. That contract is guaranteed. I don't have to play good anymore. And football players, who I think is the biggest joke in professional sports because nothing is guaranteed but the signing bonus that they get, these players, they have to play well year in and year out or they're screwed. I look at betting, and and betting runs the sports world. It runs the world right now. You talk about casinos. You talk about Jake's 58 over here in Long Island. You go to Mohegan Sun, Foxwoods, wherever you want to go. You want to go all the way to Atlantic City. You want to go to Connecticut to Foxwoods. You can go and gamble, and people love to go to Vegas and, and love to travel out west to go and gamble. So when sports betting really picked up with the stories coming out from New Jersey, how it was going to be legalized in New Jersey, people were trying to estimate when this betting and legalized betting will be absorbed by the New York, New York State, what New Jersey is now allowing, which is sports betting, which is taking over not only the betting world, but as everybody knows, when you go to Vegas, that's what people do. They like to go over there to Vegas and they like to make bets. Either they bet the baseball season, if the Mets are 20 to 1 or something like that. If you're a Met fan, you're going to bet for the Mets because if they win the World Series, 20 to 1, if you bet $100, you win $20,000. That's what I think. Sports gambling has taken over the world. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it on the radio shows because they think that you're pushing betting, making kids want to bet. The millennials go out there and bet or bet your houses away. Some of the older generation of people, the 50, the 40-year-olds, the 38-year-olds, the 35-year-olds, they're going out and throwing away their stealing from not only their accounts but their wife's accounts. And then you go to your parents to try to help you out and get you out of the gambling debt. So betting and sports betting has really taken over the sports world. So now the NFL is looking at sports betting. Now it's become legalized here in the States, and it eventually will be legalized here in New York. I don't know how long it's going to take, but if there's one thing New York does not permit, and that's hustling and betting. And that's what I think a lot of people in New Yorkers look at gambling as, is hustling. So I think that when you look at guys like Cuomo, you talk about our governor, you talk about our mayor, they're not going to allow that. They're not going to be the next state. They're not going to be the next state after that that's going to allow this. So people, New Yorkers, actually go over the bridge to make bets. Like I said yesterday, 60% of the gambling bets from New Jersey are from New Yorkers. That's a lot. That's a huge percentage. 
So I understand when you look at the big picture right now and the NFL is trying to make money and they're trying to gather more money where the players can make more money, the owners can make more money, and you see the organizations grow. And that's what Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Gary Bettman, that's all they try to do. They're trying to find ways to bring in revenue for the organizations and bring in revenue where they can make more money for their product, their brand. The major leagues, as you guys know, will probably start later in the season probably around July, which will probably give them about 110, 100 games if they doublehead a couple of weeks for some of the teams. And there was a story coming out that what are you going to do with the Astros and A.J. Hinge and the GM that were both fired because of the whole camera thing? Story came out and they asked Rob Manford. Rob Manford in the major leagues came out and said, well, it counts as a full season. So even though the season will be a half season, a 75% season, it doesn't matter. Even if the season does not exist this year, the Astros will not. A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau's suspension will end in the 2020 season, no matter what circumstances happen. Here's what I'm going to say about that. I am so sick and tired of Rob Manford speaking out on his own thoughts. And he's not using his brain and he's not using his words kindly to the owners, the players, and really... All the other GMs throughout the league that are complaining about the Houston Astros getting away with practically murder. This is an organization that won a championship in 2017, not only stole a championship away from the Yankees and the Dodgers, but stole a chance for other organizations to see their team go down, winning parades, and and all the different things that you get after winning a championship. Also money, too, because they make more money if they go to the Major League World World Series. Series, This has been a problem for the major leagues. I you know, I don't even want to call it the MLB anymore because it really has its own perception now that they think that they can do and Rob Manford thinks he can do whatever he wants. Now, I have no problems him making rules if the rules are in the book. But they're not in the book and he makes his own rules going forward. Bud Selig, he was all about the steroids. The major leagues with the strike in 1994-95, the major leagues were falling off the hinge. So he had to find something. And what happened? Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa happened. They saved baseball. Steroids saved baseball. Now you got Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz. All these big-time superstars that might never see the Hall of Fame. And I look at it, when you use your perception to what the major leagues was and what they are now, to me, it's not even a game anymore. It's a business. You have fans that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for tickets every single year. Buying tickets for $10,000 for like 25, 30 tickets. And the major leagues have pretty much told the fans, we don't care what you think. We just want you to spend money and we don't care what the thoughts are with the Astros. We make the decisions. We are the MLB and I am Rob Manford and I am going to make the rules the way I want to make the rules. Now, does that sell the product? Does that help the product? It absolutely doesn't. I read a story today on Yahoo about Kevin Garnett and Kevin Garnett, everybody knows Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant will be inducted to the Hall of Fame eventually this year whenever it actually goes through. We don't know because of this coronavirus. And Kobe Bryant obviously is going into the Hall of Fame after everything that happened over the last couple of months. Mm. And Kobe was supposed to be inducted to the Hall of Fame possibly the year after. Mm. And they pushed it up because of everything that happened to him. So I, I think it's a great gesture by the NBA. But Kevin Garnett has 
spoken out. And everybody knows Kevin Garnett right now does a podcast. He's been doing it for years. It's very, very funny. Very interactive with the fans. But a story came out actually yesterday that the owner, Glenn Taylor, Kevin Garnett does not seem interested in a Jersey retirement with the Timberwolves. Now, obviously, he will be inducted into the Celtics Hall of Fame. His jersey will be lifted up to the rafters next year with the Celtics. Kevin Garnett is a legend of basketball, and his contributions to the game will forever be immortalized in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Garnett is being put in the hall alongside other legends like Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. While Garnett won a championship with Boston, he started out his career with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He has had a topsy-turvy relationship with the organization, particularly the owner, Glenn Taylor. In a recent interview with The Athletic, Garnett spoke about how Taylor went against the wishes of himself and Flip Saunders. Garnett is extremely upset at Taylor and says he doesn't want his jersey retired in the city because he doesn't want to work with a snake. Now, he would sign with the Timberwolves and retire with the Timberwolves if, after he retired... His jersey would be retired, and that he would be a part of the organization. He would work alongside certain people, the owners, the GMs, and he'd have a position with the Timberwolves organization. That did not come true because of the owner, Glenn Taylor. Now, Glenn Taylor is a very rich man, and this is a man that over the years, people have complained about around the league. Not about him spending money or him being a good owner. Just the things that have come out of his camp. Things that he said about players. This man has not only spoken bad about some of the players that he has worked with, but he has spoken bad about legends that he has been part of his organization. Guys like Kevin Garnett, Stephon Marbury. He said something about Tom Thibodeau when he let go of Tom Thibodeau a year ago. This is a man that never holds back on what he says. But the one thing he held back on is the one thing that Kevin Garnett will not stand for. And that's being a snake. Why is baseball trying to change what they have in place? Now, I understand they're going to be cutting the games down. I understand they would rather have these players play in Arizona or these teams play in Arizona or wherever they're going to position themselves into playing in these hot climate places because it'll keep them away from Corona. But does this help the game? Does this help the league right now? Now, the coronavirus, probably by the time July comes around, will really be seizing down. It's going to get hotter out. It's going to be warmer out. And they say that's what kills this disease. That's what kills this virus. So why? Is baseball trying to take professional baseball games to play in Yankee Stadium or Boston or Florida or one of these places where even though it's warm and believe it or not, in that time in July in New York, it's about almost 100 degrees. Last year in the month of July, we had the hottest week in the whole year. That week we had 90 or higher degree weather for almost nine days straight. Now, nine days would kill that virus. I understand Rob Manford is trying to protect the culture of the league. They want to try to protect the brand and their players and your young superstars so nothing happens to them. These are all young players. And unless they have medical problems, with which most of them do not, why are they trying to change the way the league is going to be played for this particular season? Now... We've seen years with strikes where a season was cut down to 80 games or 70 games. We've seen this before. Now, the season is going to be cut down because it's not probably going to start until probably, I'm predicting, at the end of June, beginning of July. So the season will be cut down to probably 100 games, 90 games. 
Why are they deciding to move these divisions together in a grapefruit and cactus league and decide, you know what, we're only going to play these games in certain areas, certain heated areas, warm weather areas, because we don't trust that this outbreak is not going to come back and kill off even more people. Meanwhile, right now, we're at the peak of the whole virus situation. And by the time July comes around and the season's ready to begin, there probably aren't going to be a lot of cases here anymore. So why is the league trying to change this? Christian McCaffrey just got a four-year extension worth about $64 million, which will probably make him the highest-paid running back in, in the NFL and the highest-paid running back in NFL history. Was Christian McCaffrey really the best running back in football this year? He was. And I think that when you look at what he was coming out of college and everybody didn't know what he was going to be, he was going to be a running back, a wide receiver. Some people thought he was going to be too small. He was going to get hurt in the NFL because they're just so much bigger and stronger in the NFL. And Christian McCaffrey has shown everybody on why he could be the best running back in football for the next five to six years. I just like watching the kid play. He plays with heart. He goes out there and he does everything he has to do for his team. And he really puts his whole heart on the line going out there and playing the game with the players that he plays with. And I'll tell you this right now, going into this season, the Carolina Panthers are not expected to be a good team. They lost Luke Keekley. He decides to retire at the age of 31-32. And they're losing players. Every single year, there's a big-name player they decide to move on with or they decide to let go and release right. and try to draft. And they haven't really built in the last couple of years in the draft. If you look at their drafts in the last couple of years, besides the two wide receivers that they drafted, what player stands out in that lineup right now? We all know what Christian McCaffrey is. Christian McCaffrey, the last two years, has been unbelievably explosive. And you're watching a superstar right in front of our eyes. And we talk about Saquon Barkley. And these guys were drafted in practically the same draft. They were drafted in One the year same apart. Draft. One year apart. I'm sorry. And they're compared to each other. And I'm sorry. Right now, if you were to compare both players in the last two years, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey over Saquon Barkley. But not even that. The kid deserves it. Four years. I, I don't know when he's going to get a big contract after this. Remember, running backs don't last a long time in their careers. The greatest basketball player to ever play the game is Michael Jordan. But even with greatness, you see the backlash of who Michael Jordan was. Not only was he a charismatic guy on and off the court, this guy wanted to win at all costs. That's who he was. He didn't care if he was going to put down every single player on his team. If they weren't going to play hard, he was going to push them to play hard. And if they weren't going to play hard, and they're not showing that they could play hard, he would make sure that the coach sits in and plays the other guy on the bench, even if you don't even know who the hell he is. Michael Jordan was a determined athlete. When you look at some of the greatest athletes to ever play professional sports, Muhammad Ali, he had something about him that nobody can compete with. Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He always had that terminology that when he was standing in front of his opponent, he would scare him before he walked in the ring. He knew he was going to lose before he walked in the ring. You talk about Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was one of the quietest athletes, great athletes of all time. But Wayne Gretzky was the greatest hockey player in people's eyes to ever play the game. And anybody that has ever met Wayne Gretzky will tell you he doesn't have much to say. And he's not one of those guys that you can get into a full conversation with. Michael Jordan was a guy that would speak to the press. He wouldn't back up on anything he's ever said. 
when he would go up there after he wins his first championship all the way to his sixth championship, Michael Jordan was straightforward from top to bottom on what he had to say. And he said in 97, if Phil Jackson doesn't come back, I'm not coming back. There was uh, stories coming out of New England that the Patriots were trading Rob Gronkowski. Yes, the retired Rob Gronkowski to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am not surprised. I knew he was coming back. If he was going to come back, he wasn't coming back with the New England Patriots. And obviously there's more insight that is going to come and backlash will come from the New England Patriots. And I would love to know why Gronkowski is coming back this year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he didn't come back last year with the New England Patriots with Tom Brady and with that team, uh, Super Bowl championship team for all those years. I was very surprised Gronk didn't come back last year and he's coming back possibly this year with the Buccaneers. And you have to look at Gronk in the big picture right here. And yes, if you want to look at Rob Gronkowski's numbers and his career, he has fantastic numbers. He has over 70 touchdowns, seven over 7,000 yards. But in the last three seasons, and go look at his last three seasons, he's never played a full season in the last three years. And the last time he really played a full season was his second year of his career in the NFL in 2011, where he had 17 touchdowns and he had his best year, 1,300 yards. This is a guy that's injury prone. He never stays on the field. He's had elbow problems. He's had knee problems. He's had ankle problems. And he's had toe problems. This is a guy that lost 35 pounds in the offseason last year of muscle. To gain that weight back, not only is he going to have to train really, really hard, he's going to have to put more time than he's ever put in. Because remember, this is a guy that's over 30 now. He's not in his 20s anymore. And in the NFL, once you hit that 30 mark, you become an old veteran. You're no longer a young player. Believe it or not, especially a tight end, besides Jason Witten or Tony Gonzalez, a lot of these tight ends, after they hit the age of 30, 31, they're not the same player. And why would Tampa bring in another tight end when they have O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid, who had a good season last year, especially in the first half of the season? It doesn't make any sense why they would bring in another tight end unless they're thinking about trading O.J. Howard. Now, if they trade O.J. Howard, or are they bringing in somebody like Gronkowski to help the blocking of that offensive line, which has been really, really bad for the last couple of years. This is their weakness of their offense is their offensive line. Maybe they're bringing Gronk in for that extra guy on the field that can help block for Tom Brady. 